We're back, everyone, once again for the Wiser Money Show. Continuing on from our previous episode, which we were talking about the mistake of leaving a lump sum to children, I want to continue that on because there's still a lot that we want to discuss. We don't want to fit it all and cram it all into one episode, so we're going to stretch that out a little bit. And we have Ken, as always, with us to walk us through that process. So, Ken, pick it up where you left off. All right. Thanks, Zach. Um, hey, everybody. All right. So it was killing me when we ended up the show last week. I was trying to remember that guy, the actor who's paying $3 million a month. <laughs> it's Robert De Niro. Can't believe I forgot that last name. See, I, the, the funny thing is I, in my head, knew that it was going to be Robert De Niro just because he said Italian guy, first name Robert. <laughs> but I didn't want to sound like I now all of a sudden know movies because I still don't. <laughs> so. Oh, it's, you know, I don't know what it was, just like a complete brain lapse. But yeah, Robert De Niro. And uh, I remember reading some of the arguments on his ex-wife. And the arguments were he had to continue that alimony because he built up that lifestyle for her that she was accustomed to. And so I was like, you. And so now he's he's basically he's burned out. I don't know how old he is. He's something like 80 years old. Yeah. And he's having to take like every single acting job just to meet the alimony. So it's it's terrible. So what what does one do with three million dollars a month? Like that that is bizarre. You know, I can't imagine. I mean, I've had people tell me that, you know, they go and and buy a a, a thirty, forty thousand dollar women purse and you know it doesn't matter if i had 20 billion dollars yeah it's to me it's like okay that same purse carries stuff <laughs> that i could get at target for 10 bucks but that's just not the way i think i don't know um people are like oh look at my whatever it is purse you know like i i'd be like look at me i'm an idiot i just spent nine thousand nine hundred fifty dollars more than i should have it's just i Hey, some people love the nice things, you know, you can't fault them for it, but $3 million just a month you, is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you know, if somebody has that kind of money, more power to them. And if that's what they want to spend it on there, you know, there's no judgment there, but me personally, yeah. I would just, this is how I think, you know, but it's a financial person like, oh my gosh, that is, I just, I overpaid. You know, it's like buying stock, you know, if you do all the valuation on it, and you see what everybody else is paying. You're like, there's no way I'm paying. Yeah. <laughs> We're like real estate. So anyway, let's, wait. Let's before jump you back. jump into that, yeah, yeah, I sure. just have to go back onto the onto the purse situation because my wife loves the finer things. We can't afford those finer things, so she's not buying that purse. However, she looks for what they call dupes on that same exact type of bag or whatever it is, a, a shirt, and she finds the dupe of it, which isn't real and it's not advertised as a fake version it's just very similar same type of quality and she gets it for 80 percent, 90 percent of what the actual value of the brand new designer yeah. name one is so i applaud her for that that's yeah. a shout out to my wife <laughs> that's smart i mean that is that's the intelligent way to do it right yeah you know, for me that'd be like buying a property i could know i could turnover for a million and getting it for like 800,000. Yeah, right, right. So exactly. It's, it's the the thrill and the and the feeling is more I uh, you know, I I got better value. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh 
Um, so let's talk, let's pick it up where we left off last time. We kind of gave the foundation as to why it's not a good idea to ever leave a lump sum to a child, right? And I want to expand on that because I think we use the idea that mom and dad were in the top bubble. Uh, there was a son that was single, a daughter that was married with three kids. Monday, mom and dad die. Tuesday, son inherits half. Tuesday, daughter inherits half. Now, let's go to Wednesday for a second. Let's say Wednesday, daughter dies. Where does the money go now? Directly to the husband. Right. Now, let's say on Thursday, he remarries. He had a long grieving period. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. <laughs> so on Thursday, he remarries. On Friday, he dies. Where does the money go? His new spouse. His new spouse. Does it go down to the grandkids? Only if the new no. spouse wants to. That's right. That's exactly right. So that's yet another reason why. Uh, let's go back and actually explore what happens if, let's say that a daughter sets up a trust for just the kids and it's segregated. And let's further um, expand that the daughter never brings any assets or income into the marital family. Okay, so now Monday, mom and dad die. Tuesday, daughter inherits. Now, let's say on Wednesday, she creates a separate trust. She puts all the assets into the trust and she never uses or brings any income or assets into the marital family. Mm -hmm. And she thereby names the three kids as the beneficiaries. So now here's the question. People say, well, that would work. Well, here, you're also predicting that there's no divorce in between. There's no pending litigation. You're also predicting that the daughter will set up the trust and get it done quickly, which never happens. Yeah. I've never seen it happen. Because <laughs> um, the, the, the kids are just like, yeah, it's in my name. No big deal. It worked for my parents. Why wouldn't it just keep it in my name? Then we're also presuming at this point that, well, let me ask you this. So uh, mom and dad are at the top. They die Monday. Pass the assets to the daughter on Tuesday. Tuesday, the daughter, Wednesday, the daughter sets up a new trust, naming her three kids as the beneficiaries, mm -hmm. sole beneficiaries, not her husband. Now, let's say those three kids are minors. And on Thursday, the daughter dies. Here's a question. Who is the trustee of this trust that the daughter created for the grandkids? Is it the husband? He would have had to designate a trustee in yeah. the trust. That's so right. It's whoever she designated, which probably would have been the husband. And then the husband has full control as to what happens. That's right. And, you know, there's no what I call trust police running around that will say, well, you can't do this and you can do this, and especially if the kids are minors. The, the father has complete control over whatever is being done. Now, in a lot of cases, now, husband goes and buys a bigger house, buys cars with the justification that these are for the minor kids. Yep. Takes big vacations, justification, well, that's their entertainment. Drains the trust down. By the kid time the kids get to college age, there's no money left or there's very little money. So we just actually had um, a babysitter come for our daughter and tell us a very similar story that this happened. And the parent completely, the surviving parent completely drained everything that she had. And so now she's got to pay for her own education where it would have been completely paid for. Right. Now, is there 
is there recovery? Is there retribution? Yeah, the kids could sue the parent. A lot of times it doesn't happen. Right. And even if you got to the age of majority and you sued the parent, most likely the parent doesn't have anything because if they mismanage the trust, they probably mismanage their own money. 100%. So if you win the lawsuit, what are you going to win? Right. So it's just a bad design, really terrible design. So, you know, now let's let's move on to one other issue that we run into. So let's say, as an example, you say, OK, we're going to really plan this well. And what we'll do is we're going to create a trust uh, that will leave everything to our daughter. We're going to explain to our daughter that if we die, we want you to immediately create a new trust. Put that money into the trust. Don't bring any money into the marital situation, no assets in the marital situation. Leave our three grandkids as the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. And do not name your husband as the trustee. So now they can name a professional trustee. They can name a trust company. That's okay, right? But a lot of times what they'll make the mistake of is they'll say, okay, when my grandkids get to 18, give them the money. Or then they come up with this even more terrible design, which is at 25, give them one third. At 30, give them one third. At 35, give them one third. These are lump sums. Lump sums. Yeah, yeah. Same <laughs> same issue. So I'll tell you another story about this that um, really resonates. So when I was living back in Florida, I met this guy named Gary. And Gary was married to his wife came from a very wealthy family who died, left all the money to her in this kind of trust, 25, 30, 35. And so he said, would you please take over the management of the assets? She blows through money like you would not believe. I said, well, how much does she have left of the 25 year old distribution? Nothing. Mm -hmm. I said, how about from the 30? He said, nothing. It just, we're talking millions of dollars. Right. And so I said, okay, I'll do the best I can. So we started doing her accounting, the bill pay, and we're we're like, wait a minute, $17,000 at some store on a single day. And her American Express was like a hundred thousand a month. So I went to Gary and I was like, Gary, I can't control her. I mean, this is just out of control. Yeah, we we nobody can seem to talk sense into her that when she gets this next distribution, she'll blow through it and then it's all gone. Mm -hmm. So I tried talking to her. Gary tried to. Nobody could get through to her. She just felt like the money would never stop. So I backed out. I I quit. I just said, I'm out. Can't do this. I don't want to, you know, I have a pretty good running track history that no one on my watch has ever run out of money. And if I see something like that, I back out because mm -hmm. I don't want their failure to be my failure. Because I can't, you can't tell them what to spend money on. Yeah. I mean, they're their own person. So. Right. So totally I think the other. Yeah, the other issue is you leave money like that to an 18-year-old, you are literally blowing that <clears> kid's <throat> life up. Mm -hmm. Literally. I mean, they, they are not mature. Listen, if if they don't let you rent a rental car until age 25, <laughs> right? So, something's wrong when people are leaving lump sums of money to kids. Let them struggle. Right. That's the part of the joy in the journey. And that reminds me of that one scientific study where this one egg company hired these scientists because they wanted to increase the hatch rate of the chickens from the eggs. And so these scientists figured out a method to create this little machine that would help them break out of their shell. And because there was a there was a rate that the chickens were dying when they were trying to break out of the shell. Right. So they created this machine, but then they found out more chickens were dying. 
because even though they were being helped out. So what they learned was nature has a way of saying, you got to use that as the struggle so that you are strong. Mm-hmm. And when parents and grandparents leave lump sums of money to an 18 year old, you're disabling them. You're not doing them a gift. Right. You're not giving them a gift. You're hurting <clears throat> them. And I can tell you that after close to 40 years, you're not helping them a bit. So I think the way to do it is we set up a structure with income and with incentives. And if the kids hit these incentives, and this is what you can do through this bloodline trust, you can actually create incentives. So if the bloodline trust is created correctly Mm -hmm. and it's segregated into a sub-trust, it can get rid of the risk of the death, the disability, the divorce, the lawsuit, the generation skipping tax. And we can even create incentives for kids and grandkids so that we don't blow up their lives by leaving them lump sums. Now, the idea of the bloodline trust and these sub-trusts, it's going to take a little bit of our more explanation. So I'll tell you what I want to do. Uh, we won't wait on this episode. We'll cut another episode. Uh, but let's leave one episode to just explaining the, the bloodline trust and how it works. I agree. I agree with that. Zach, you and I will jump back on. We'll do another episode and help everybody understand what that bloodline trust really looks like. Great. Sounds good. Well, that's all for us at the Wiser Money Show. Stay tuned next week. And we'll be talking more about the Bloodline Trust. All right. See you, Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.